0: Show Gordon Monson, jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve in the zone. La- live from Mountain Mike's Pizza, thirty-seven eighty-five west, one hundred and four south. Here in South Jordan, the pizza is fantastic. Do yourself a favor. Come by and see us. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. cause in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Of course, he's a Ray Guy Award winner, two-time Ray Guy Award winner, if uh, memory serves. Former Ute, uh, currently works for KSL Sports.com. We welcome him back to the big show. He is Tom Hackett. Tom, how are you? G'day, gents. I'm, uh, I'm doing well. How are you guys? How are we, Jake? How are we we're doing? We're great, man. We're, uh, Tom, we're at a pizza restaurant, which is delicious, and uh, it's robbery week. We're talking about college football, man. It doesn't get much better. Uh, it's a tough life,
1: but somebody's got to do it, I
2: guess. <laughs> Somebody. You know, Tom, I had to bring this up because uh, the other night, as the uh, as the, uh, the game against Weaver State was delayed, I saw that on uh, the television they were playing Utah's best players of all time—a list, top ten or whatever—and there was Tom Hackett right there on that <laughs> list, Jake. No I can't remember deal. what number yeah. you were, Tom. Do you remember what number
1: you were on that? No, no, I've, I, I've never, I've never watched that. Um, I don't love talking about myself, and uh, <laughs> and so I just, I don't, I don't, I don't really see the point. But no, you, you're not the only one to bring that up. I, I didn't realize uh, the Pac-12 Network decided to play that. Special. That was from twenty fifteen, I I believe, Gordon. That's um that's going back a few years. Well
2: now. they were desperate for something because that thing how long did that thing go? Ninety minutes? Ninety minutes. Something like that, Tom. So they wow. had to put something on the air, but uh, but anyway, you know, you and I have that in common. Neither one of us really likes to talk about ourselves, okay. unlike Jake. Jake likes okay.
0: to talk about himself all the time. Okay, uh, Mister, let me tell you about my fictional hockey career. <laughs> That's not true. It's not <laughs> fictional. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Tom, what what do you think about this year's squad, man? What do you think about the Utes week one?
1: You know, I um, I I kind of thought prior to the game that. Uh, they would be everything that they were for the most part. Um, Charlie Brewer looks pretty poised, uh, and he just—he he just comes across. He's got—he's got just you know a certain leadership ego about him. He just looks like he's a—he's a quarterback. He looks like he's QB one, and then and, and he throws a nice spiral. And he went through progressions. It's always so tricky though, isn't it? I mean, Weber State, bless their cotton socks. They were—they're a good team. Um, at their level, that they, they were never really going to compete against Utah. So I, I don't know if if Utah fans, myself, uh, maybe even the coaching staff, I, I don't know if they had or, or got all the answers they needed. Uh, but but I do believe it's a good football team. I think it's pretty well rounded. Uh, there are there are certainly things that need to be cleaned up. Uh, you know they need to get some bodies back on the offensive line. And if they're not coming back, then they need to find a way to gel better. Uh, the running backs, I think, uh, look pretty good. Pass catches, you know, across the board. Utah's pretty deep there. And they've, they've got a quarterback that's a leader, which is um, which is pretty big. And, and of course, defensively, I, I don't know if I need to go into that because Utah's been good on the defensive side ever since I've been around Utah, which was uh, which has gone on nine years now. So I think it's a good football team. I'm really excited for this week, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think is a pretty good football team too. So, uh, and it's the first time that I can remember, anyway, that, that that BYU has got, you know, some pass catching, and not just one, not just Matt Bushburn or Mitch Matthews, but they've got a handful of guys that can catch the football that that may cause Utah some problems. So, uh, I, I think this. Yeah, you know, I know you guys didn't ask me specifically about this game, but for you know, while I'm talking about it, I think this game's going to be going
2: to be um, decided, you know, with BYU's offense going up against Utah's defense, to be fair. So, Tom, uh, let me ask you, this came up earlier in the show, and I'm curious to know what you think about it. When you have two teams that are playing against uh, what might be considered lesser teams in the first week, but they know they're going to go up against one another in the second week, do they throw out the anchor a little bit uh, and, and and conceal some of what they're doing, or is that too dangerous to even entertain?
1: No, 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 no. I think I think you'd be silly if you if you decided that you were going to show your entire playbook against a team that you know you shouldn't have to show a quarter of it to a half of it to. And I think, look, I think the way Utah handles itself in those openers against the likes of Weaver State is they go into the contest they go into the game thinking we're going to give as little away as possible and you know at the end of the first quarter if if it's a 7-7 ball game then they're going to be forced to to kind of show a bit more you know but if it's already 21-nothing at the end of the first quarter they can just keep on run you know running their their, their pretty bland offense and and, uh, and look to get into into the dressing room into the locker room and, and start preparing for whoever the second opponent is i i don't understand why any team for that matter when you come up against you know an, an fcs team i just don't know why you would it doesn't make any sense you know and i'm not crazy about gamesmanship i i, I believe in certain elements you know but but i don't know why you would give away certain plays when when there isn't a need to so i, I don't think utah gave too much away but i do think they I do think they they kind of sent a message, you know, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this a ton this week, but they came out throwing the football um, a lot. And I think that was a message that was being sent by Utah's coaching staff, Carl Woodingham, to say, hey, you know, we're we're here here, here because we mean business, we've got a good team, and we're going to prove that we can throw the football and run the football and be a uh, kind of a multi-dimensional offense, which which is exciting if you're a Utah fan. Tom, we
0: uh, we talk to players who come in from out of state all the time and ask them how long it, it took them to kind of figure out what the rivalry was all about. You not only came in from out of state, but out of country. What was kind of your first impression of the rivalry and how long did it take you to kind of figure out what it was all about?
1: Well, let me, uh, let me go back a few years. Uh, my first year playing college football was 2012. and I'm sure you guys remember uh, pretty well kind of what that 2012 BYU-Utah game entailed. Um, I didn't get any kicks the first two games of the season. Uh, we're, we were coming off a loss to Utah State up there in Logan. And then, of course, it was uh, the 2012 rivalry game where I received my, my first action as a, as a college football player. And that was the game that uh, that was played up at Rice Eccles Stadium. The fans rushed the field three times. So yeah. <laughs> so I look. I had no. I I didn't even know. I I didn't even. I didn't even know what the University of Utah was, or Brigham Young University. I mean, I didn't know. I, I, when I got here, I didn't even know really the rules of the game. I just you knew when it you know, fourth down and the offense was there. That's my time. But you, you know, that game. I mean. I quickly learned the, the importance of that game. I mean, it, you know, it's not rocket science uh, when you're down there on, on the sideline and the fans are rushing the field and the atmosphere is electric and you just watch kind of the interaction between the two teams on the line of scrimmage and, you know, I can't hear what they're saying necessarily, but you know it's not pleasant. um and and so it was it was pretty quick you know i you know even being from the other side of the world it didn't take me long to realize that um that this game had a bit of meaning behind it and uh, it just felt different to the lead up to it all the atmosphere of the game you know the the ending i mean all of it combined just just felt different it's hard, it, it's honestly kind of hard to explain i guess
2: so once you collected all that tom did it make you nervous uh, in such games, or did you really not feel the nerves?
1: Uh, my first game was frightening, Gordon. Um, yeah, it was horrible. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it was. It was horrible. I hate. I, I mean, I hate. I hated it at the time. I and mean, you look back on it now, and you go, man, it was. It was actually kind of cool uh, to think back about it. But but yeah, when you're in the moment, it was frightening, scary, petrifying. I mean, it. Um, it's just there's, there's there's pressure there's a lot of pressure and you've got to find figure out kind of how to how to best maneuver throughout all of it or navigate yourself through all of the um the obstacles that that kind of are in your way i guess so, so for me yeah, it was scary uh, the first snap i received was at my uh, at my toes i picked it up and i threw it on the on the shoe and um and then i had two other kicks they're all kind of from midfield so uh, that was my forte anyway, so that, that that was nice. But um you know, I guess what that game did teach me, you know, when, when I look back on it now is um yeah, that was probably a pretty significant moment in my career when it just when it comes to knowing how to handle yourself, um, through adversity and in, in pressure packed situations because um yeah, that was my first taste of college football was that game, which I don't know if there have been many people out there that that could say that that was that first taste of college football was in the BYU Utah rivalry game, but that was for me, and um, yeah, it, it certainly taught me a ton of lessons that I was able to utilize uh, over the course of my career, and it was a, a memory that I'm sure I will I will never forget.
0: Tom, you uh, participated in the only bowl version of this matchup, <laughs> and if uh, memory serves, you, you had some, uh, well, let, you, you, you let the trash talking go early before the game, right? Tell us, uh, tell us about the Vegas
1: Bowl. Oh, my word. Um, so I guess the short story behind all of this, for those that, um, that remember, um, basically what happened was my, my good pal, uh, Andy Phillips, the kicker at the time, he was tasked with uh, the old wide receivers coach Stubblefield, if I if I remember correctly. Anyway, he, the two of them were meant to go off to um, to some event. Um, I can't remember what it what it was called now, but it was like the um, the pep rally or something. Anyway, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a speech that had to take place. And Andy was telling me if he would just, you know, if I could just tag along. You know, it was probably. Probably so that he couldn't. He didn't want to speak to Stubblefield or something. The whole time he's like, "Come, just come with me, will you, man?" I'm like, sure. I told him, but I'm not speaking, Andy. I'm just going to hang out the back. I'm not. He's. So we get there, and um, he finds a, like an empty water bottle or something, or he drinks a, a water bottle and he has an empty one in his hand. He said, "We'll play a quick game of um, like horse with this water bottle and the trash can that's there. And if I win, you have to speak, and if you win, you don't have to speak." And you know, I was like, "Yeah." what well, Whatever, sure, I think I'm better at basketball than Andy. But anyway, I lost. And so I had about a minute or two to come up with something to say. And that's kind of what I came up with. Um, I don't know what was scary. My my first game against BYU or standing up there jittering over a microphone. (laughs) So uh, what what do you think
2: is going to happen in this game on Saturday night? Uh, You said you thought it would be competitive, but... uh, I mean, how competitive?
1: I think Utah wins, but I'm gonna. I've kind of said all week. Thirty-four, twenty-seven is sound, sounds about right for me. Um, and and I mentioned it earlier at the at the start of the um, the conversation. But but I truly do believe that uh, you know because I have a interesting perspective. So I I got to Utah in 2012 and then I left in 2015. And in 2012, the majority of the football team were Mountain West players. But by 2015, the the entire football team was Pac-12 players. And so I got to see kind of Utah transition throughout a Mountain West team into a Pac-12 power five program. And I think one of the main differences, and I, I say this with all due respect to some of the players I played with at the start of my career, but the guys, you know, playing on the outside at the wide receiver cornerback position, they were the two positions that I really Kind of noticed a substantial change, you know, and and when we started recruiting Pac-12, and when I say we, I mean Utah, started recruiting Pac-12 caliber guys on the outside. I mean, there was a serious like shift in the locker room, and those guys were elite. Uh, and the guys we had earlier were certainly good, but you know, the guys that we were recruiting on the outside were were better than what they were, I guess is the, the only way to say So, So over the years I've watched Utah and BYU play, I've obviously participated in the game myself, and, and I don't really pay too much attention to the line of scrimmage because I figure they're going to be reasonably reasonably back and forth, and BYU's always got a pretty good offensive and defensive line, Utah the same. I actually look at the cornerback wide receiver matchups, and what i found over the years is uh, is it BYU receivers, that, for example, Jalen Johnson was at Utah. And I get it, Jalen Johnson is, is kind of an elite talent, but Utah was able, was able to get him. And I mean, there were, there were BYU receivers that couldn't even get off the line of scrimmage most of the time against Jalen Johnson. So, so like I don't care who you have at quarterback, that doesn't matter. If, if you have nothing to throw to, besides that match, it doesn't matter. But this is, this is different. So, Samson Nakua is a proven Pac-12 wide receiver. Proven Nakua was arguing.
0: I think we lost Tom, but uh, our time was running short anyway. Uh, that was That was great. Great stuff from Tom. Tom Hackett. Uh, former Ute punter, two-time Ray Guy Award winner, and Guy uh, who
2: could change a game? Oh yeah! Remember him putting.
0: pulling the string on those oh, punts yeah. and just stopping inside the five? Yeah, flipping
2: the field big time!
0: Amazing. Uh, but, so big thanks to Tom, and, and now he uh, he makes the magic happen for KSLSports.com. He covers RSL and a few other things for them. Does does great work. So. Uh, Big thanks to Tom Hackett for uh, jumping on with us. Uh, We're here at Mountain Mike's Pizza in South Jordan, 3785 West, 104 South. Come by. You've got to try this pizza. It is great. You're going to love it. We'll have more coming up next. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280, in The Zone.